Welcome to the Not Last Podcast, Season 1, Episode 5. I'm your host, Andrew Neil Nunez. Today's topic is titled, The Outsider. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Let me begin by setting the scene. It's 90 degrees. I'm a pile of sweat and mixed emotions. I am shattered from the hardest time trial I've ever competed in. I'm sitting in the shade at a rural high school track in Mountain Home, Idaho, and I'm scrolling through the live results of my first UCI pro bike race, Chrono Kristen Armstrong. An individual time trial, just you against the clock, against everyone else against the clock. It's 28 kilometers or 17.398 miles in length. Winner, Sergei Tvetkov, Romania. Time, 31 minutes, 45.6 seconds. There were 22 racers in this field. 22nd place, Andrew Neil Nunez, Chile. Time, 37 minutes, 26.41 seconds. Gap to winner, 5 minutes, 40.81 seconds. Well, there it is. I believe this is known as a full-blown, good old teeth kicking. I could have been scared by the scene, the stacked field I was competing in, the magnitude of my first international pro race here in the United States, but I still showed up. While the result stinks, I can think of many other words I would use to describe my feelings on this, but I'd like to keep things family-friendly. I would have been more upset had I not taken the leap to go and compete. This was the hardest individual time trial I've ever competed in. Out of the gate, you're starting up a hill. It's short, so you have to punch it hard. This is full gas from the gun. It takes you up onto a plateau, and that plateau gently rolls and rolls and rolls slightly uphill to the turnaround. There is zero shade, and mind you, it's 90 degrees outside. There's a wicked headwind on the way out, so you just have to push hard. The whole way you're battling this headwind and this slight grinding uphill. I'm an okay climber but I'm not a specialist, and this course did not suit me very well, but I had no choice. Once you hit the turnaround, the wind flips around to your back, which is a welcome respite, and you've just got to hang on for dear life until you get to the finish line. On the way back in, I didn't go under 35 miles per hour. Now let's not forget that that uphill start is now a downhill finish coming off of that plateau. You're fully tucked into your TT position, head buried into your shoulders, steering with your elbows, and the road plummets downward. The road direction also shifts slightly, making that tailwind a crosswind. I knew I was losing time and needed to give everything to the finish line. I take a deep mental breath because my heart rate was over 190 BPMs for more than 35 minutes, and I had to push even harder. I held on tight 
and crossed that finish line completely out of gears over 50 miles per hour, my heart rate pegged over 205 beats per minute. Staring at my front wheel, trying to be as slippery through the wind as possible, while steering with my elbows. This is the quintessential definition of type 2 fun. This was my big target race for over a year. Not only was it my first UCI pro race, but I was coming off a broken pelvis only a year prior. It was peak busy season in the bike shop, and I'm working 50 plus hours a week. I'm trying to balance managing a bike shop, vacation schedules, life, training, volunteering weekly at our local race series, and let's sprinkle some stress management on top of that for good measure. So I think last place was pretty fitting. To give you an idea of the field I was competing in, let me just talk about the top three finishers. The winner, Sergei Tvetkov, professional road racer and time trial specialist. He was the Romanian national road and time trial champion in the following years, 2007, 9, 15, 16, and 19. He raced the biggest monuments in our sport, racing the 2015 Giro d'Italia. Ninth in the European Games in the individual time trial. First in the Tour of Romania stage race and first in the Tour of Korea. Second place, Brandon McNulty. Now riding for World Tour Pro Team, UAE Team Emirates. He was 6.5 seconds off of the winning time. His Palmars, third place in the U23 Individual Time Trial World Championships, first in the general classification at the Giro di Sicilia. He's raced the Tour of Lombardia and Perry Roubaix. Third place, George Simpson, Elevate Webiplex Pro Cycling. His time off the leader, 56.8 seconds. His Palmars, Second in the Winston-Salem Cycling Classic, 10th in the Tour of Taiwan, and 3rd in the U.S. National Individual Time Trial Championships. The Palmars of this field were substantial. Every single one of them was a professional rider, except me. So, to finish less than 6 minutes off the leader maybe wasn't such a terrible result after all. For a full-time working, part-time, wannabe pro cyclist with no sponsors underwriting my costs and paying my way to get to this point. This was still quite an adventure. Filling out the official UCI race forms, they asked questions like, Who's your team mechanic? Who's your race director? Who are your sonyers? Are you bringing a team car to give you support during the race? I put myself down for all of the above. I was the director, the race mechanic, the sonier, and all of all of everything. Oh, and the racer, by the way. My wife comes to almost every race that I participate in, and I couldn't do this without her. She is my chief sonier, takes care of me, drives the car, consoles me when I suck. <laughs> uh, Lauren is absolutely phenomenal, and... Um, this wouldn't be possible without her undying support. I know that this is a very selfish sport. It requires a lot of time and gives very little back. 
But Lauren recognizes that this is a small window in time when I will be able to compete at a high level. And she does the laundry, she does the dishes, she does the housework when I am too tired to, when I'm laying on the couch and doing other things, trying to relax and recover from a hard day's training or a very hard race. And um, this would not be possible without her uh, selflessness for my selfishness. I love her, and uh, that will never, ever change because I could not do this without her. So Lauren and I attended the pre-race meeting for all of the team directors. Being my own team director, I felt like it was uh, prudent that I attended this meeting. They were talking about all of the commissaires, all of the rules, the bike checkup station, the start line, and and so many other things that uh, were really uh, fascinating to listen to and to hear for the first time ever. All the other team directors that were there, they had their their team apparel, their matched shoes, they all had matching notebooks and were scribbling down notes and asking these questions and, and I was just there. We were there just like a sponge absorbing all of this, kind of starry-eyed. Um, it, it was pretty cool. So after the pre-race meeting, we went and did the race. We already talked about that. And we don't need to belabor the point or the results anymore. But once everything was all done, we were showered and cleaned up. We headed into downtown Boise for the awards ceremony and this big downtown kind of celebration. They had talked in the pre-race meeting about Autograph Alley, and I wasn't quite sure what that was or whether or not I was going to get to be a part of it or, or really anything about it. But we show up into uh, the space that, that they told us to be, this giant kind of pavilion area, and there is a table with my team banner and my name uh, behind it. It was amazing. It was um, where I sat down at this table and signed autographs where all of the people mingling around, there were thousands of people mingling about, getting autographs from all of the other pro riders, and I was counted as one of them. I got to sign autographs and tell people I was from Chile and I was representing Chile and they were asking questions about my race. Um, it was it was incredible. I'd, I'd never got a chance to do that before. I've never signed an autograph before or had people actually ask me for my autograph. Um, it's kind of fun to feel like a little mini celebrity. So we're sitting at these tables and there's uh, each team is represented and all of the teams are, are there signing autographs as well. Uh, it's just me uh, at this table. And I came to realize just how uptight and cliquish this pro cycling scene is. I'm sitting next to other teams on both sides. There's a women's team on one side and a men's team on the other. And... They wouldn't give me the time of day because they didn't care. I didn't have any bearing on the race. Um, there was no way that I entered their consciousness for any reason other than that, oh, well, we can't have that chair because someone's sitting in it. There was one rider and only one rider who greeted me, uh, and it was a pretty special 
thing, seemingly inconsequential to her, I'm sure. Uh, she's a female pro rider. She races for InstaFund La Prima Pro Cycling. She's a Bend native, and her name is Beth Ann Orton. Uh, she's a pretty awesome person and a very nice person. She's walking by with her teammates. She sees me, and we've never formally met. I follow her on Instagram, and um, and and that's kind of the 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 entirety of our relationship. There isn't much at all. But she stopped with her teammates and greeted me and said, wow, well done. Like, thanks for coming out. It's great to see you. It's nice to formally meet you. And she took 30 seconds to say hello and seemingly inconsequential to her, but it is something I will always remember that's amidst all of these other pro athletes, there was only one who took the time to say hi. I've always tried to be inclusive and a good ambassador for this sport. I'm not saying they were outright rude. They just didn't care. I'm sure I never entered their consciousness because I didn't matter. I had no effect on the outcome of the race. If I get more opportunities in that situation, I will be the first one to say hi to another new rider and take those 30 seconds to get to know them. Because that was a pretty impactful moment when Beth came over, I want to pay that forward because I'll always remember it. While we were at Autograph Alley hanging around, it also happened to be Friday and Fry Day. The world's biggest potato company, because it's Boise, was giving out free fries and we were all eating them uh, because who doesn't love free carbs and starches after a really hot day? Mind you, it's still 90 degrees outside and there is no shade. Until we realized that these fries tasted awfully familiar, like like something out of your childhood. And then we figured out, Lauren figured out and then pointed it out to, to myself and, and other people were starting to catch on as well, that this potato company supplies the biggest restaurant chain in the world, McDonald's. We were eating McDonald's fries, and suddenly, everyone stopped eating them. All of the athletes stopped eating them after finding out that tidbit. They just sat on the table until there were cleanup crews wandering around with, uh, with trash bags, and they came and collected all of the fries and tossed them out. It was it was a funny uh, little tidbit because we were just gorging ourselves uh, on these on these fries. We're like, oh, these are so good. Mm, oh, yeah, they taste so amazing. Yeah, they were McDonald's fries. So, hard pass. So after the awards ceremony happened, they celebrated Sergey and uh, the other top finishers in the men's and women's field. They also had a hand cycle field, which was pretty cool to watch those uh, those guys come up either pairs or quadriplegics or uh, were some of the winners and they were um, they were quick they were they had some really cool machines we got to see them warm up uh, we were gone by the time that they started racing we'd headed back to the hotel and didn't get to see them race so once that fun-filled morning and afternoon of racing and autographs and McDonald's fries uh, was over we packed up back into the rental car and headed back to our hotel we were still pretty hot, and maybe there was a little uh, heat exhaustion. <laughs> it was really hot out. Uh, 
but uh, we ended up finding this teeny tiny little movie theater uh, that was next to our hotel. Uh, we were staying just outside of Boise. It had air conditioning and was playing uh, the recently released Toy Story 4. So we said, sure, this sounds like a great evening activity. We bought our tickets. We got some soda and popcorn. This was very much a mom and pop theater. It was fantastic. There were two screens and each one seated about 30 people. The cool part was that we were the only two people to come and watch Toy Story 4 premiere. At uh, We had the whole place to ourselves. So we got all of the air conditioning. We got uh, middle seat center of the entire theater and had perfect viewing uh, for our private showing of Toy Story 4. Uh, it was a great fun way to unplug from the day's adventure and kind of not think about all of your emotions and what could have been, what what needed to be corrected, what I could have done right, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But it, it was super fun. So this trip cost me a couple thousand dollars. I had to actually buy a bicycle that was uh, UCI legal. There are bike checks before you race and you have to have a frame that is that is uh, stamped UCI legal to compete with. Uh, I actually found a used, damaged carbon bike that had been repaired from some carbon repair specialists, and I built it up with secondhand parts from the ground up. Had to pay for airfare, food, lodging, car rental, the baggage fees for the bicycle. And it took me a year of dedicated training and focus to get to this one event. So from the outside looking in, the innate question is, you did all this for last place? And technically, that answer is yes. Moreover, I have to justify all this with looking at what my takeaways are. So I've taken the leap of faith for competing in my first international pro race that just happened to be held in the United States. I now have a benchmark for where I'm at and what the gap is to the top. I am fully recovered from my broken pelvis, and I am confident that I am fitter now than when I was when I went to compete in Idaho. And I can do this. I can do this again. I am so hungry for more. This experience was not discouraging. In fact, I think it only added fuel and a big old log onto the fire. There's always more to the story than just the published results. People may look at this and say, wow, this guy sucks. He's way off the leader. He's not even a pro rider. Who is this guy? Nobody, no name rider, no one cares. I don't care. But it's a very surface level assumption to make, a very superficial assumption to make. So whether I won it or I DNF'd it or I last placed it, uh, it would still have been and was a very valuable experience. And you can't take that experience away from me. I learned so much, and the next opportunity I have to race at that level, I will be just a little more prepared, a little less nervous, a little more hungry, and I will train just a little bit harder. The difficulty for me is the time off of work and travel expenses to have more of these opportunities and to uh, kind of waste some of these opportunities 
because you can't win everything that you enter. I certainly can't. And you have to have more and more and more of these chances to finally reach some level of success. But I don't have a pro contract or sponsors, so the funding to do this is tough. I am motivated beyond belief. I can put in the work and train, and I'm just talented enough to do this. But we'll have to work on that part of the equation to try and have more of these opportunities. The final thing I'd like to mention about this whole process is that despite the result, this race confirmed to me that I am an athlete and I can do this. Maybe not as successful as others at the top of their sport, but with a little more time and a little more support, I could really give this a go. I could really take a crack at this. And that is super validating on so many personal levels. While technically I was last, it only fueled my fire to get back to training and be better than I was before. In a phrase, stay on target. And next time, I won't be last. So I ask those of you who are listening to this, have you experienced this before? When you took a leap into something unknown, And how did it turn out for you? I'd be very curious and very interested to hear your stories. Send me a message on Instagram at notlast underscore podcast. So there you have it. That's my story. The Band-Aid has been ripped off. That was my first pro race. Not the race at all that I wanted, but probably the race that I needed. I know what the gap is. I know what the benchmark is. And... I think I am fitter than I was before. I'm certainly recovered from after a big injury that I can get back on the bike. I have a new coach who has experience with pro teams. He's actually uh, manages a pro team right now. And I am very excited to see where this next season, 2021, will bring for me. I'm working on the sponsorship side It's a slow and difficult process. Um, I'm not asking for much, but I am still asking. And we'll see where it goes. I do have great support from my team in Chile, Team Rancawa Bike. And they've been really, really fantastic. They're a a UCI-registered team. The Chilean Cycling Federation is quite a mess right now, and they're... Uh, revamping it and doing a complete restructure. So I'm sitting and waiting patiently, sometimes more impatiently than patiently, for things to get back up and running and qualification standards set and race qualification standards to be met and where those are and what I need to compete in to get to the, the level that I want to be at. But still that requires time and travel and expenses. But... I will figure it out. We will make this happen. Because this journey, trying to get to the Olympic Games, can happen. I am capable enough to do this. I firmly believe that. And thank you to everyone who keeps tuning in and downloading these episodes. And this has been a very fun project. I look forward to doing this at the end of each of my work week. It's something I, I that has been a highlight for me to, to script out and work on. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Not Last podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly. Follow us on Instagram at notlast underscore podcast. This podcast is produced solely by me. If you like what you hear, be sure to tell your friends. Music is generously permitted by the illustrious Flemingosis. My amazing artwork was created by the extremely talented Paige Anochibar. Give them a follow and be sure to support local artists. You can find and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher Podcast. Coming up next, I'll be talking about the Golden Hour and how other sports gather to celebrate the human achievement amidst a seemingly impossible task. I'm excited you're here, and I hope you'll come back soon.